and felt the Holy Ghost in the building uh, during the song service. Amen. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's open them to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And, uh, you know, I want to encourage you guys, um, you know, for those of you who don't have a real Bible, get yourself a real Bible. Amen. There's nothing better than turning some pages uh, because when you do have your phone and you're going through your, you know, the app, you can be distracted and open up another app and uh, altogether be watching someone's story and you're missing out on vital revelation. <laughs> I know what it's like because I've been in your seat and I've actually, you know, I've gone elsewhere when I should be f fixing my mind on the word. So get yourself a Bible and you know what, you, you be a man and woman of God's word and you see and you begin to match the word of God. Yo, Hemi. Oh, yeah, we have some at the back. Hemi says we got some at the back. Oh, yes, please. Put your hand up if you need a Bible. Hemi will come and give it to you tonight. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3. I want to preach a very simple message. I won't keep you too long. Uh, sermon in, I've entitled, In Pursuit of Godliness. In Pursuit of Godliness. And I believe it's so relevant that we need to get a conviction when it comes to being godly. Because I, I know some the church world that we live in has this really you know, faint idea on what godliness looks like. So 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3, because it gives us a great understanding of what godliness looks like. Uh, as you're turning there, I want to I share a funny story, actually. It's a, a guy had a dream. He went, and, he went to heaven. He saw many clocks. As is customary with these stories, St. Peter is attending the gate. When asked what the clocks were for, Peter replied that every person on the earth has a clock here. And each time one sins, the hand on the clock moves just a bit. The man said, where's my clock? Peter replied, it's in the office. Moses has been using it as a fan. <laughs> How many know in pursuit of godliness, we will face temptation? Come on, where, where every one of us is not perfect. We're like, oh, Lord Jesus, I want to pursue godliness. And next minute we're like, we're sinning, we're failing. It's like, ah, oh, okay, Lord, back to the altar, <laughs> back to repent. God, help me with when it comes to godliness. Because sometimes, man, let's be real. Sometimes we're strong. Sometimes we're like, oh, we're having a good week. We're praying, we're reading the Bible. We feel strong. But there are times when we get tired. We get, you know what, uh, where things start to get out of hand and we get weak and we fall back and we drift back into our old nature because our, how many know our old nature is inclined to sin our old nature is to go back and do what we're used to doing and so there is a battle there is a strain when it comes to the flesh and the spirit there's a constant war going on you want to do right you want to live for God you want to pursue God but the flesh is pulling you back I mean anybody of you you know you wake up in the morning or you you, you say okay look I'm going to get out set my alarm I'm going to wake up in the morning and pray now that it's getting cold, the Duna demons are like holding you down. It's like, Ugh. I'm coming out, Lord. I'm, I really am, Lord. Just another minute, Lord. Snooze. Oh, Lord. Yeah, I'll pray. Come on. And so this pursuit of godliness, is, it's difficult. I mean, we're like, man, we want to be godly. We want to be on fire. Go into all the world, preach the gospel. Yeah. Ooh, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but man, I'll tell you, godliness is like, oh, man, I'm... I'm weak, I'm failing, I'm sinning. It's like there's a war with the spirit and the flesh. And so 1 Timothy chapter 6, it tells us, if you're with me, it reads this. If anyone teaches otherwise and does not consent to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which accords with godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, 
but is obsessed with disputes and arguments over words, from which come envy, strife, reviling, evil suspicions, useless wranglings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. From such, withdraw yourself. So it's saying right there, you know what, make sure you don't hang around people who go out and they teach these things, but yet their manner or their, their way of conduct does not match the words and does not match the doctrine according to godliness through God's word. And so it's saying, withdraw yourself from such people. Listen to this. Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing with these things, we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. And so here it is, this, this difficult of trying to pursue godliness, but also the desire to be rich. People fall into this temptation because verse 10 tells us, for the love of money is the root, is a root of all kinds of evil. For which some have strayed from the faith and the greediness, pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Listen to this. But you, man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness. Underline this godliness. Faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Let's pray tonight. God, I'm asking that you help us in this pursuit to be godly. In this pursuit to be more like you. Help us, Lord Jesus, to uh, God be a testimony, Father God, that we would represent you truthfully that we would represent you God as the word of God says I thank you for the men and women in this place blessing be poured into their bosom God help us Lord God to be men and women of conviction according to your word in Jesus name and all God's people said amen amen, amen. you know as Christians we've been assigned a task in first Timothy 4 verse 8 a task that that reads this for body exercise profits a little but godliness is profitable for all things having promise of the life that is now, uh, that now is, and of that which is to come. I want you to catch this because Paul says our assignment is to pursue godliness. It is profitable for the life now and for the life we live forever as believers. And so we need to get a clear understanding when it comes to being godly because it's possible. Listen tonight, it is possible to have a false kind of godliness. 2 Timothy 3.5 tells us, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And from such people turn away. So these are some people who have the Christian facade. These are Christian folk. These are people who can say the words, say the right words. They, you know what? They look the part. They, they, they even sound the part. They have this form of godliness. And from such people turn away. I've grown up in church. Uh, I'm sorry, not grown up in church, but I've grown up seeing people who went to church. But then on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, man, their lives don't even match what they've been going. And so it's this facade. And even through the world, it's like, man, practice what you preach. And so Christians have a bad rep because of people who just simply can't be godly. And so people are now being turned away. This is a false kind of godliness and so we need to understand the difference between true godliness and its mere form if you're taking note the greek word for form means a shape a silhouette or an outline not the full substance 
So when you see a person's shadow, you see their silhouette. What this means when it comes to godliness is that it's possible to look at the part of a godly person without having any reality. You know, how do you know if you're looking at the shadow instead of the real thing? Because the Bible says that false godliness has no spiritual power attached to it. I mean, think about it. It's like you're putting on a Superman outfit, you know, but not being able to fly. <laughs> Someone who is just simply impersonating Superman. You got the nice big suit. You got the puffed up chest going. You even got the abs going. You just got the suit all going. You look the part, but you ain't got no power. You ain't got no power. You ain't got no accompanying power to pull off what that form declares that can be done. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? The form is useless. The person wearing this outfit better not be jumping off any cliffs. <laughs> better not be jumping any, off any buildings because he ain't got no power to fly. Better flap your hands, brother. <laughs> and so here it is. That's the great example of someone having a form of godliness. They've got no real power. What they have is religion. Dead old religion. Religion has no power. Religion gives the impression of something related to God is real. But I'm telling you, if you look religious, if you use these religious words, if you carry the Bible and listen, if you don't have no power, be careful. That's just a form of godliness. Oh, can I preach tonight? You can come to church. You can come look all Christian. You can say all Christianese and all these sort of words. But be careful because all you're doing is you're carrying about a form. That when it comes down to the crunch time, when you're about to be like Superman and fly, when it comes to the judgment day, when you begin to, when God brings to account every idle word that you spoke, everything that you said and done on the earth, listen, that's when it will come to pass and say, oh, yep, were you the real thing or were you just a form of godliness? And so let's talk about, first of all, the road to godliness because godliness is associated with power. Every Christian man and woman should possess the power of God. Come on now. Every man and woman should be bold enough to pray and, you know what, for the sick. Every man and woman should have a conviction in them to pray and fast and believe God for the power that moves through us to touch the blind, to touch those who are sick. I mean, Jesus went through the towns, the cities, healing people. Jesus went through raising the dead. But what happened to the church? What happened to the people? I mean, it's just a form of godliness now. We can say all the right things. We come to church, man, woo, man, awesome presence of God. And then we go out there and where's the power? It's just a form of godliness. When you're in God's presence, you reflect God's character. You're, you know what? You're living in the light of His presence. You know, I'm driving down the highway. I don't know about you, but when I'm driving down the highway and I, if I see a policeman rock beside me, I'm just like. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, sa I'm, I'm saved. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a limit. I'm doing. <laughs> it's, it's like, I'm okay. <laughs> the phone's not on my lap. <laughs> it's like, and it's like, you know, we're, we're driving down the highway. I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm forced to do the limit now. I'm like, I'm checking everything. My mirror's good. Yeah, I'm sweet. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm back in the lane. <laughs> and so, you know, my foot goes off the accelerator. I'm beginning to, you know, back off a bit because I'm affected by his presence. 
You know, um, um, once I know he's there, I'm affected by his presence. I'm in the light of his presence. So I'm now living according to the law. Oh, man, I'm living according to a high standard here. But when the when I realize or when I begin to drive away from the police, I tend to go back to my own lifestyle. How many know what I'm talking about? Because we're not living in the light of his presence. And this is where I'm telling you, you know what? Living in the light of his presence puts you on the road to true godliness. That when you're in his presence and you're aware that God's in your heart and you're aware that God's in your life. Listen, you have an awareness, man. God's right there beside me. And so, man, I, I ain't going to, you know what, go down the road and begin to, you know, entertain my sin. I'm not going to go down the road and begin to, you know what, uh, begin to move and do all these things to please my flesh. Because I'm living in the light of God's presence. The Bible teaches us also that there is a great cloud of witnesses. So we're not only living in His presence and living in the light of His presence. We're, you know what? There's a great cloud of witnesses that are watching. Hebrews 12 verse 1 tells us. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. I don't know who these witnesses are. It says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which easily ensnares us. How many of us who are just like, man, we, we get entangled very easily. We get entangled back in our old lifestyle, whether it be, you know what, old addictions. We get entangled. But can I remind you that not only when you live in the light of His presence, there is a great cloud of witnesses watching. And I, I wonder, I'm thinking in my mind, I wonder who's watching these great cloud. I, I think of Pastor Mitchell. I think of Billy Graham. I think of, you know, all these greats. And I think, wonder if they're the, you know, the, the clouds of witnesses watching down. And let it be so that we be reminded that we think twice when we're about to sin. Yeah. When we say, oh. <laughs> you know, someone's watching you. You know, we should have that fear of God that says, man, God's watching you. Big brother's watching. No, no, God's watching you. And we need to have that fear. It's like, man, you know what? I don't want to get myself involved because I want to pursue godliness. I want to stay safe. Jesus talks about the broad path and the narrow path. Which road are you going to take? You can't be one road, one foot in that road, one foot in. You got to make a decision. You're going to be pursuing godliness or you're going to be living according to your flesh. So let's talk about the enemy of godliness because we need to realize that there are enemies of godliness. One of them is worldliness. Worldliness is the devil's tool to combat true godliness. 2 Timothy 2 verse 11, but shun profane and idle babblings, swearing, gossiping. Listen, but shun profane and idle babblings for they will increase more ungodliness. Come on now, when, when you, you say you're Christian, you say you're a believer, but your words, you know what, betray you. I think about Peter, when Peter's like, you know what, here he is, he's following Jesus. Jesus goes in and he, he's being accused by the Pharisees and, and this little girl begins to see Peter and says, hey, you're one of them. Meaning, hey, man, you look the part, you, look, you, sound, you even sound like him. And Peter begins to deny Christ and begins to swear, trying to, you know what, oh yeah, I'm done, trying to, you know what, and I'm telling you, this now increases more godliness. The way you speak matters. The way you conduct your, your behavior matters to God. 
Worldliness, worldliness is a mindset that leaves God out of the equation. Romans 8 verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is the subject of the law of God. For indeed can be, so then those who are in the flesh, watch this, cannot please God. And so godliness, I'm telling you, when it's mixed in with the world, just like in our text, it's saying in verse 6, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. We brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. And he goes on and he says in verse 9, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and snare, into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I'm telling you right there, worldliness, the things of the world will begin to pull you away from God. The things of the world will begin to pull you back away. You know what? Trying to separate the love, trying to affect your heart, trying to get into your mind so that, you know what? You're not putting God first anymore. And this is where the world begins to creep in. And Jesus says this, you shall not serve God and mammon. And so here it is, this road to godliness. Listen, you're going to come under some attack. That the enemy of godliness is through the world. They'll come in like a flood. Friends will come in. You know what? Drinking, all these sorts of things, trying to tempt you to come back in the world. This is an enemy of godliness. There's a quote, Christians cannot breathe the air of worldliness and still be godly. I said that again, Christians cannot breathe the air of worldliness and still be godly, which is why, and I say this all the time, Romans 12 verse 2, I hope you remember that verse, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Listen, the enemy will come in, the old mindsets of the world, but you got to say, listen, I'm not going to conform to the patterns of the world i'm going to transform my mind i'm going to be transformed by renewing how do you renew your mind it starts with repentance it starts with prayer it starts by being spiritual because it takes the supernatural work of god i'm telling you you can try yourself to get over your old habits you can try and you know what do certain things it ain't gonna work you got to get the Spirit of God involved. You got to pray. Sometimes you got to fast and starve that flesh. You got to discipline your body just as an athlete disciplines his mind. I'm telling you, you got to get involved and say, God, renew my mind supernaturally. Transform me because that's where it happens. I don't want to be like the world. I want to pursue God. I want to pursue godliness. So I want to close with this final point, and that is this. Utilize your membership in Christ to develop godliness. Now, some of us have membership to gyms, but never use them. Ah, cue the music. <laughs> you know, it's possible to have a membership without using the benefits of that membership. When you accepted Jesus Christ, you got a membership that gave you access to His spiritual gym for the purpose of exercising godliness. You know, the whole point of salvation, you know, the whole point of coming in and getting saved is to experience 
to make us godly men and women. It starts at salvation. And this workout, this, you know what, coming to God's gym is not to create godliness, but to develop godliness. I mean, you already possess by the virtue of your salvation. 2 Peter 1 verse 3. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, that even though you're converted, your soul is living in the flesh, which still produces ungodly thinking, appetites, actions. Man, we just need that cleansing blood of Jesus. Can you say amen? And the reason so many Christians stay defeated so long is that their souls are out of shape. Your soul is out of shape. I mean, have a look in the mirror, in God's mirror of God's word. How do you look like? Are you out of shape spiritually? I mean, we can look in the mirror and sometimes it's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I really need to uh, yeah, go out to the gym and really do work and maybe start, you know, little by little. But what about when it comes to spiritually? Because here it is, you know what? Uh, it tells us that godliness, we need to begin to work through our souls. Spiritual fitness needs to take priority over physical fitness. Come on, somebody. Physical exercise is profitable for a little while. But godliness is profitable now and for eternity, which is why it's important that you understand and get a revelation of godliness. If you're working your body out more than you're working your soul out, you have your priorities mixed up. Bodily exercise may affect the quality of your life, may enhance your mind, which is so good. We need to do that. We need to get involved with physical exercise. But can I remind you, listen church, we will still die on God's appointed time. And what really matters most is not how much time we spent, you know, working out on our physical bodies, but how much time we spent in God's gym working to be godly. The gym you need to attend to develop your godliness is in Jesus' gym. Jesus is a source of all godliness. Can you say amen? amen? Jesus' indwelling presence in us is a secret of all godliness. Colossians 1 verse 27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Listen, if you want to get dominion, get Jesus back in the center of your life. Being godly is simply being Christ-like. John the Baptist said, I must decrease. He must increase. The pursuit of godliness requires us to be more Christ-like. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Very simple message tonight. In pursuit of godliness. You need to have a healthy fear. You know what? God's watching. He's watching every move and there is a cloud of witnesses cheering us on, wanting us to make it. Don't be fooled by the lights, the glamour of this world. Because at the end of our lives, listen, like I said tonight, it is appointed for us to die once and comes judgment. What really matters is what have we done with Christ? What really matters is, you know what, have we... Surrendered our lives to Jesus? Are we forgiven of our sins? Are we playing half-half? We just got a form of godliness. We just come to church. 
just because someone else comes to church, just because what we do. No, no, do you have a conviction that, you know, one day you'll stand before God, just you? Your friends won't be there. Your families won't be there. Your children won't be there. It'll just be you. So I want to give an invitation. You're here tonight. You're not saved. You're not right with God. Holy Spirit is touching on your heart tonight, even convicting you to get right with Him. Once you lift your hand and say, yes, that's me. I'm not godly. I'm actually far from godly. I'm a sinner and I need Jesus Christ. If that's you, want you raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. Lift it up. No one looking around. Make this a, a night that, you know what, you say, yep, tonight's the night. April 25th, the night I gave my life to Jesus Christ. The night I decided to be godly. If that's you, want you raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. I want to be a disciple. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. If that's you, you want to be saved. You want eternal life. God loves you. He died on the cross for you. Jesus loves you. And He paid the price of our sins. He paid it all on the cross. He said, it is finished. That is a sign. That is a term used for, you know what, tetelestai, paid in full. God paid every single one of our sins, but it comes down to you making a choice. Will you accept this free gift of eternal life? Will you accept the gift of grace? If that's you tonight, you're not saved. You know you're not right with God. You raise your hand with mine and say, yes, would you pray for me? I can't have a privilege. I'll pray for you. Don't leave it. Don't, don't leave these walls. Don't, don't leave this building without giving your life to Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus says. Life is found in Jesus Christ. I came to give life and life more abundantly. Jesus wants to give you new life. He wants to give you eternal life. But listen, you have to make a decision. If that's you tonight, you haven't made any commitment at all to give your life, to surrender your life to Jesus. Why don't you do that tonight and say, yes, that's me. Lift it up. No one looking around. I know God's dealing with people in this building tonight. We can all have a form of godliness. But listen, when it comes down to it, are you really saved? Are you really converted? Are you a true follower of Jesus Christ? Because Jesus says to you, depart from me. I, will, I never knew you. Or will he say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Which one is it, my brother, my sister? You want to repent. You want to give your life. Why don't you raise your hand and say, yes, that's me. Lift it up. Lift it up. No one looking around. No one moving. No one looking around. This is just between you and God. Not here to, you know what, to sign you up to come to church or become a member. It's not about that. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. God loves you and He's pulling on your heart tonight. If that's you, raise your hand. Say, yes, that's me. Backslider, you backslid in your heart. You once had a relationship with Jesus, but you're away from God. Lift it up tonight. God loves you. He wants to save you. He wants to give you a future and a hope. He wants to heal your, uh, your, your backsliding. He wants to move in your life. He wants to continue. Uh, he wants to begin to do a good work in your life. Lift it up tonight. If that's you, raise it up. Raise it up. God loves you. God loves you. Lift it up tonight. God loves you. Turning to the church. Church. Are you pursuing godliness? What a sobering message tonight, a simple message. But listen, are you pursuing God's will for your life? Church, are you pursuing godliness, the, the need to, you know what, put aside the worldliness, to put aside the filth and garbage of this world and say, you know what, I want to pursue God. Romans 12, 2, make that your, your scripture to memorize throughout this week. Church, I encourage you, do not be conformed to this world. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back. And I'm telling you, the Bible says, in a twinkling of an eye. I mean, in a twinkling, are you ready if Jesus was to come back? 
come. These altars are open. Why don't we find a place to pray? Come out of your seat. Let's find a place to pray and say, God, I want to make a decision. I want to make some commitments tonight to be godly. Some of you need to, you know, write, write it down. I need to be godly. What areas do I need to be godly in? The way I speak. I swear a lot. I, 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 I tend to go back and, you know what, go to the, the pub and drink. Listen, come on, it's time to be godly. Put aside those, the things of this world. And send, pursue God with all your heart, mind and soul. Every strength, everything in the fiber within your body. Say, you know what, I'm going to pursue to be godly. I want to be more like Christ. Let's not be religious, folks. Let's not be religious and just have this form of godliness because people are turned off. And you know what? We're wasting our time. Let's not do that tonight. Let's be real men and women who would be godly and pursue Him through the Word, through prayer, through coming to church, through serving, being godly. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord God, minister in this place tonight. Lord, I pray, Father God, that you'd raise up an army of men and women that are godly. Lord God, that have a supernatural element on their lives, God, that have the evidence of the power that resides within them. Jesus, I pray, God, raise up an army of a church, Lord God, of believers filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. I pray, God, that miracles, God, would take place, Lord God, even as they walk past people. Let the shadows, God, heal people, just like in the book of Acts. Lord God, you've done it before. Do it again. Lord God, as we begin to lay aside the things, Lord God, even temptation. Lord God, even though we fall and fail and sin, I pray let us continue to push past that barrier. Lord God, and seek you more diligently, Lord Jesus, to pursue all godliness, God. Less of me and more of you. We must decrease, God. You must increase, God. We need more of you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, church. Let's pray. Let's turn this into a prayer meeting tonight. Come on, let's do war against our flesh. Let's do war against the world. Come on, tonight, church. We ought to pray. Seek God. Pray for your neighbor. Come on, pray for the, the brother that you're working with at work. Come on, pray for those people. You need to be that godly testimony for them. Come on, let's believe God that, you know what, through your life, your boss might get saved. Come on, through your life, that, you know what, your family members will get saved because you decided to be godly. Come on, you got to make a decision. God, help me to be the light. God, help me to shine your light, God. Help me not to hide the light under a basket, Lord, but let it shine. Lord, I'm praying, God, in the midst of darkness, God, there is a breed of people unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power unto salvation. Yes, Lord God. Hallelujah. Your name on high, God Almighty, Alabama, Oh, bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, God Almighty. We need, we need. Oh, we need you, we need you, Jesus. 
Yes, Lord. Weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Yeah. Oh my God.